0: Welcome to Healing House with Dr. Eileen. Dr. Eileen is an international healer, speaker, teacher, and published author of her latest book, Frequencies. Share the next half hour with us as we journey to find balance of body, mind, and spirit in an unbalanced world. We then invite you to call in or log into our chat and share your thoughts and insights. And now your host, Dr. Eileen. Well, happy Thursday, everyone. This is Dr. Eileen, and it would probably be a little bit happier for me if I did not just bang my little toe into something. Man, it's something about that little one that, you know, you hit it, it just makes your toes curl up. Anyway, uh, good morning, afternoon, or evening, wherever you're at. Uh, For those of you who are in the L.A. area, The call-in number is 424-258-9337. And for everyone else, including right here in the beautiful, but we've got some thunderstorms coming in, San Francisco Bay Area, the toll-free number is 877-697-9725. Producer Kina has the chat room open. So you can log in there and listen in. Oh, also, if you call in, make sure you press 1, so that way she knows that uh, you would like to speak to me. So today's episode is called Six Wise Men and an Elephant. And when we talk about how we define our relationship with the world around us, one of the main ways we do is basing it on what we perceive and there's the perceptions through the senses, and there is also an energetic perception, how you feel about something, and there is the aspect of when we see something, when we experience it, when it comes in, it immediately goes into that place of what is the story I'm going to create around this? And the story that we create around things can be spot-on, you know, very authentic, or it can have a lot of stuff that we have filled in that maybe we don't know for certain, but we are going to take that as the reality. And sometimes it's not. And sometimes it's really, really hard to be able to divide what it is that we believe from what it is that is the reality of the situation. And being really, really attached to what you perceive and what your story is, I really can't think of any better demonstration of that than the old story of the six wise men and the elephant. And, you know, the story has several different versions. And my favorite is where there's a king and he wants to find an advisor. So he combs the land and all the kingdom. And six men, who are considered to be very, very wise, come up, and so he's going to give them a test. So what he does is he blindfolds each one, and each one is taken to a different point on an elephant. And one is placed at the tail, and one is placed at the leg, and one is placed at the side. One is placed right at the head. Another placed at the trunk, and then the last was placed at the ear. So they were told just with their hands and without seeing it to decide what that creature was and what it looked like, and none of them had ever seen an elephant. So then they were taken to a small garden area, and they were given paper, and they were told, you need to draw what you feel that creature looks like. Well, each one of the wise men thought this is no problem. And so they each drew on their papers. Well, then they brought their papers together. And the one who had touched at the tail said, well, obviously an elephant is shaped like a rope. And the next one said, no, you're completely wrong. And he had been at the leg. He said, no, an elephant is shaped like a tree trunk. Well, then the wise man who was at the elephant's side said, you're both crazy. This, you know, an elephant is shaped like a large, rough wall. Well, then the one who had been placed at the head said, I don't know what you guys are describing, but an elephant is almost like a large boulder. Well, the one at the trunk was saying, I don't know what you are all thinking, But anyone with any sense could know that an elephant is exactly the same as a snake, a very large one. And the last one said, well, obviously I am the wisest one here because I know that an elephant is shaped like a fan. So unbeknownst to them, the king had hidden himself away so that he could observe them. And what he observed was several hours of argument. Each one was adamant that their position was the absolutely only correct one. So at that point, a gardener walked in and doing his gardening thing, and he noticed the, the pictures. And he looked, and he began to put them into order so that it was, appeared to be one large picture. And he said, oh, that's what an elephant looks like. And he looked up and he said, well, you were all right and you were all wrong at the same time. Well, they were very upset and they brought the gardener before the king and wanted him punished. And he said, why? And he said, well, he insulted us. And he said something that was blatantly not true. And so the king looked at the gardener. He said, well, did you insult them? And the gardener said, I never meant to, my lord. He you know, had these pictures that all I did was put them together. And so the king looked at the gardener and he looked at the wise men, dismissed them all, and made the gardener his advisor because the gardener was the only one who considered that there may have been more than one right answer and that the picture was much bigger than what any one of them as individuals could perceive. This is one of my favorite stories, and it always reminds me to make sure that I'm looking for the bigger picture. And that can be really hard because when we kind of get locked in to something that, you know, we, we perceive as the reality, we perceive as the truth, and especially during times when there's elections and there's all kinds of things going on in the world and, you know, sporting events and, you know, all the things that people can disagree on it is very easy to get locked into the perspective that you have. And it's easy to feel that perceptions are probably incorrect. So the way that we look at things shapes how we fit it into our world. And the idea that, well, there may be something missing All that does is confuse it. So a lot of people would rather not go with the part that's confusing. It has been proven that there is a small spot that is just above, right in the center of where your nose is, that is outside of your visual field. It's called the blind spot. And if you relax your eyes and take your fingertips and move them towards that center spot, all of a sudden, it'll appear as if there's the reason that that happens is, is that when that the brain knows that that blind spot is there, so what it will do is based on everything that's around it, it will fill in the blank. So even though technically you don't see anything there, the brain is going to override it and say, okay. We're going to fill it in with the scenery. We're going to make sure that whatever would appear to be there makes sense. And it would be tremendously difficult to have something appear right in that one spot for the brain not to catch it. The brain's really good at that, and it's been doing it since birth. So the idea that the brain actually will physically fill in the blank spot with whatever makes sense. And when we are going with, you know, what is it that, you know, we feel about something or how do we perceive a situation or something, the brain will once again, based on our life experiences, fill in the blank spot with whatever seems to make sense at the time. while there is a lot that we have, you know, the ability to perceive, it's a matter of choice. Do we choose to perceive it? Maybe there's a reason emotionally or energetically you can't quite go there, and you can't quite perceive it. Or maybe it's just something that is so outside of your experience that it just you don't have any point of reference on it. This relates to balance and wellness in a very, well one very important way is that often when I talk to people and they're concerned about their health, they want to either become, maybe they want to be thinner, maybe they want to be larger, maybe they want to be more fit. And they'll usually say, well, I need to be, you know, I'm I'm overweight. And it's like, okay, what do you base that on? And I ask that question because it's very important to me what their perception. And usually it's because, you know, they'll say, well, Um, I used to be a size, you know, women will say, well, I was a size four when I was in high school, and I'm not. it's like, well, you're in your 50s or 60s. That train has left the station. (laughs) That as a benchmark may not be the most effective benchmark. Well, um, you know, a friend told me that I was overweight. It's like, okay, so what does that mean to you? Or what does that mean to them? So the idea of saying, well, you know, somebody is overweight or underweight, it needs to be put into perspective of what they believe that means. I mean, to somebody who maybe weighed three or 400 pounds, if they got down to 200 pounds, Well, yes, for many that would be overweight, but for them that would be an awesome leap. That would be a lot of wonderful work and shows that, you know, they really have control of their their weight. So it really is in a perspective. If you're looking at somebody saying, wow, you know, they, they really should lose some weight and then you find out that, you know, they lost a large amount already. It's like, oh, okay. Or, you know, perhaps somebody who, you know, wants to be more muscular, you know, maybe they were significantly less. We don't know what the backstory was. We don't get what the backstory was unless it's explained. And my mother had a wonderful phrase that said, Don't say too much because then you don't have too much to take back. And so when you think about how you would respond to somebody who who says something like that, do you support it? Do you devalue it or do you say nothing or do you ask a question? And often I find asking a question is is very productive to give an answer. It may be that somebody makes a comment, wow, I really need to lose some weight. And I'll just look at them and go, okay, well, you know, good luck with that. And... You know, it's not necessary because they're not asking me anything. If they say, wow, you know, I really think I need to lose some weight, what do you think? Well, then I put on my doctor hat and I say, okay, um, let me ask you some questions first. And then I ask them about what is their image of themselves? What would their goal be? Is that goal reasonable? And, you know, and then it goes off into that direction when we allow that the possibilities in the picture may be a lot bigger than what we thought it was, we open ourselves up for growth, we open ourselves up to feel balanced, and we also open ourselves up to feel empowered. Often, you know, there are folks who, you know, would love to do something big and massive and change the world, and, you know, and they're very passionate about it, and especially, like I said, during an election year, You know, people are very strong in their opinions about what would make, you know, the country better and what would do this and what would do that and, you know, how it should be done. Well, I think that all of those perceptions have merit. I think that probably, you know, there's a lot of different ways that things could be improved. And I was speaking with someone about, you know, well, and then, you know, we're going to get rid of, you know, the, the old politicians, that we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, and we're going to create this whole new world. And I said, well, you do understand that whatever new world you create, you have to take those other folks into account. They're going to be a part of the new world. So maybe it might be a good idea to talk to them a little bit and find out, wow, you know, maybe we can find this new world together. Because when you're only looking at one section of the elephant, no one else's perception of it is valid, you don't get the whole picture. You are not able to come from a place of, well, I I hesitate to use the term enlightenment because, you know, that has a lot of different meanings for a lot of different people. And your perception can be broader. You can have a greater knowledge of what it is that you would like to accomplish when you really know where all the pieces are. And this can be something that, you know, is really difficult when you're dealing with people who have very strong opinions. And I think we all know people who have very strong opinions. And maybe it's kind of tough to talk to them sometimes. Because we all have those, you know, those friends and those buddies that they'll get started on something, and usually it's followed by the phrase, don't get me started on this. And then they get started on it. And then it's a while before the subject can be changed. And that can be very frustrating. And when you try to present anything other than that to that person, it difficult because, you know, they will immediately shoot down any other perception. Well, no, 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 it's not this, it's not this, it's this, this and this. It's like, well, yeah, but you know, what about this other part? Or what about, you know, this other opinion? Oh well, you know, that's not that's not valid and you know, they just shoot everything down. And if you if you know absolutely nobody like that, there is the possibility that it's you. So keep that in mind. But it's not a bad thing. It's not a bad thing to be passionate about what you believe in. It's not a bad thing to say, hey, you know, we we have a way and, you know, and I'm with this group and, and we think we've got the way to change the world and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And it's like, awesome, great, wonderful. I, I really, I, I'm very pro at saving the world. and and improving everything, the sticky part usually comes when it's, yes, we all want to save the world and we've got a thousand different opinions on how that's to be done. And that can be tough because people don't like their perceptions questioned generally. Um, I I usually fall fairly, you know, open-minded as far as having my perceptions questioned because one, I question them constantly, and I like the idea of somebody going, it's like, well, have you considered this? It's like, no, I did not. Thank you. And if that information changes my perception, it's like, wait a minute, now I've got more than one piece of, of the elephant picture. Wow, now I've got the tail and the leg. And then I start thinking, wow, is there anything else I might have missed? When someone is very afraid of their world going out of their control, then there will be a a serious tenacity to hold on to their perception. And, I mean, hey, we all survive however we need to survive. And, And for some folks it is scary. And maybe that's the best way that they know to deal with it is, to just go with, you know, nope, I'm going to think this way because I was raised to think this way and I am not going to think any other way because then I there would be chaos. So I'm just going to stay with this particular way of being, with this particular way of thinking. It was good enough for my forebearers and, you know, it'll be good enough for my descendants. And, yeah, if, if someone really feels that they need to hold on to that, yeah, you know, God bless them, and I hope it works out. My feeling is, is that the world has become too tiny a place for us to pretend like we don't see things around us, that there aren't other ways of being, that there aren't other ways of thinking, that there aren't other ways of walking in this world. And it's sort of like being a chiropractor. I love what I do. I am passionate about what I do. I think I do it fairly well. And my patients seem to be very happy with what I do. And I do know that there are folks out there who say that chiropractic is probably the worst thing that you could ever do for anybody. And it's horrible and has caused global warming and all kinds of stuff. And there are websites that are dedicated to saying how bad it is. Now, there are times when I will go on those websites and I will sit and read. And I will read about all the opinions about how what I do is really bad. And I've been asked by other people, it's like, why on earth would you go to that website? Why on earth would you, you know, look at things that you know is not true And they're just saying all of these things and and I said, you know what, I need to know what they're saying. I need to be able to sit and look at that because all it is is another opinion. And, I mean, you know, can I say that every chiropractor has never ever hurt anybody or that there is nothing valid? It's like you know what i I can't say that because I can't speak for everybody, and just like mechanics, just like plumbers, just like anybody else, anytime you have a group, there are ones that are really good at it, and maybe the other ones that are not so much, so as long as I can sit and look and not attach to taking it personally you know there was a time when i took it very personally and it would ver- it would upset me and it's like why are they saying these things you know this is this is like so mean and it's not true and and you know and i'd get all blustered up and then after a while and after many years i realized that what they feel does not affect my love for what i do and the commitment that i have in taking care of the people who trust me as patients, and I just learned to look at it that they were only touching one part of the elephant. They weren't looking at the big picture, but it's not for me to say, well, you guys are wrong and you're not looking at the big picture because, yeah, like that works so well. when If, if somebody is convinced of one viewpoint, it's just so helpful to tell them that they're absolutely wrong. Yeah, that doesn't work well. For me, what works is to listen to what they have to say, to not feel like I have to defend it, to encourage them to feel like they can talk to me. They don't have to be, you know, they're not talking to me as someone who's doing something they believe is is wrong. They can talk to me as a person because I give them that respect. And I find that when, especially in cases where there's a lot of opposition, where there's a lot of intense potential for intense reaction, you can either come at it as if it's a confrontation, or you can come at it from the point of view of, you know what? I know that you want to do something that's good. I I believe that. And can we find some middle ground? Can we find something we can agree on? Because once you have somebody who is in conflict with something that you believe, whether it's politically, whether it's exercise, whether it's, you know, bacon versus no bacon or, or, or you know, whatever, It's and I do love bacon. But if you have somebody who has an opposition to what you want to, you know, put out there, conflicting with them is not going to help. It is not going to do anything but create opposition. You find the common ground. If you want people to support something that you want to put together, you cannot go and tell them that they're wrong for not believing that way because more than likely they're going to, you know, just resist. If, you know, if you want to convince people that you've got a really cool idea and that it's something that's going to help folks, come from that point of view. You don't have to take somebody else down in order for you and your idea to be elevated. You can elevate on your own. You can elevate by saying, I don't have to tell you how bad this situation is. I can tell you how good this could be and wouldn't it be cool if we could all live together in this particular way and i know there are people who would think me tremendously naive for that and okay you you can i i have no problem with that i will i will not argue with anybody over whatever opinion they have of me because i know what my reality is and i know that their perception is based on just what it is that they are locking into. Maybe it's my height, or maybe it's my the type of work I do, or maybe that I'm a reverend, or maybe that I do energy work. You know, they can pick whatever they want, but it's like choosing the ear of the elephant versus the tail versus the leg. They just go into that one piece. And I don't want to go into that one piece with them because I know that they are bigger than just that one opinion. And I really enjoy the fact that I have friends who are across the entire spectrum of, you know, politics, of, you know, religions, of of spiritual practices, of occupations, I mean, it's, it's all across the board, and we have a lot of fun together because we all know that we disagree on certain things, but what we agree on is that we like each other and that we respect one another and that, you know, maybe there are certain subjects we don't talk about. But when you are able to see the big picture both for yourself and for others, it allows you to be able to have so much bigger a world. It allows you to be able to be so much more in harmony with yourself and with others. It is not about who's right and who's wrong because in a final analysis, we do need to work together. And, you know, we... There's there's an acronym that I saw for team. Together, everyone achieves more. And I love that because, you know, we are a big team. And, you know, maybe, you know, some have specialties in one thing and others have specialties in another. But truly, you know, together, everyone achieves more because nobody can do it by themselves. And even with the people who disagree with us, more than likely they'd say, hey, you know, if if we're all on a sinking ship, uh, I don't care whether or not you're conservative or liberal, but I think if we both bail, we can keep this ship afloat. And that means more to us. So keep your broad perceptions. See the world from a bigger perspective. Don't get caught in clinging to the one piece of the elephant that, you just happen to stumble on because when you take the blindfold off, everything is so much bigger and together everyone achieves more. So thank you for joining me. Um, If you would like to connect with me, you can do so through my website at www.the-healing-house.com. You can also... Follow me on Twitter. Like me on Facebook. Uh, you can put comments in for the, through the radio website for Blog Talk Radio, and I will be checking into the chat room right after the show. So until next time, I wish you balance, and I wish you blessings. I wish you broad perception that allow you to truly see the world for the amazing place that it is and to see all our fellow human beings as everything that they could possibly be. So until next time, this is Dr. Eileen with Healing House Radio. Take care.